Okay, so it's our Saturday night gathering, and uh, the say a good portion of the community is away on uh, a uh, camping trip, wilderness trip. Uh, what is there? Nine people away. So, and uh, that leaves the the rest of us. I guess eight, eight of us. And uh, and then the uh, number of lay men, lay women. Uh, here practicing, and one of the things that that uh, <coughs> Ajahn Yaniko wanted to do was to, uh, while everybody else is on their wilderness practice, that we have forest practice, so where we have the opportunity to spend a bit more time in the forest and um, say foregoing the morning pujas, evening pujas, but coming together for the uh, chores and er, uh, morning work periods and uh, meal time and tea time as well. So the uh, so it's a bit uh, a bit more space uh, in the in the day for everyone, and a bit more time for uh, people to explore the uh, formal side of meditation, and I could say whether it's us monastics or the lay people in the monastery or whether it's lay people out there, wherever you are. Uh, the, uh, uh, the opportunity to explore the formal side of meditation is very important. And a uh, a necessary part of <clears throat> living in this human condition with uh, uh, bodies and minds that are somewhat re- unreliable, uh, and learning how to learning how to um, you know, to train, learning how to train the the. Uh, this being. Um, I think one of the things that's that's important with when we have say more time and more attention given to to the formal practice is um, if we're and I, I tend to 
give more uh, instruction um, for people um, around mindfulness of breathing. Um, one, it's it's uh, it's what I'm. That's my go-to option for my own practice. But it's also, I think, for most people, uh, it's a um, readily available or uh, accessible. Uh, and certainly, the Buddha himself. Uh, that's the, in terms of meditation practices and training. That's the, the one that he himself. Uh, that's the one that's mo- most repeated uh, uh, through the through the discourses and through the scriptures. I think one of the uh, approaches or, or or perspectives I think is important to uh, to have is is uh, it's just like how do we befriend our breath? Uh, it's like making friends with our, our breath. Sometimes it's it's such a uh, um, uh, either kind of unknown or fo- uh, almost like a foreign territory. And how do we make friends with the breath? How do we befriend the breath? How do we befriend the mind? Um, the sense of really <clears throat> being on a familiar and comfortable terms with our bo- uh, with our our breath with our body uh, <coughs> with the, with the mind itself it's really important to be reflecting on that because so often we can uh, approach that meditation practice or training and uh, and you know come in and it's almost like you know you know somebody you know walking up to you and and uh uh you know hi uh, i'm in charge uh, this is what you're this is what you're what you're going to do, uh, and you know, I think if most of us, if somebody sort of walked up to them and come up to them like that, and sort of, uh, you know, get lost, <laughs> you know. so, but you know, we tend to, uh, you know, march in. Okay, uh, be mindful, be aware, uh, be <laughs> be peaceful. Sit down and shut up. Um, it's a it's it's a really uh, uh, you know it's it's an approach that really doesn't work. Uh, just learning how to befriend the breath, befriend the body, befriend the mind, and that's it's uh, it's uh, how do we as when we're sitting, how do we make our 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 posture, our bodies comfortable. Um, how do we become familiar with what is comfortable for us? Um, paying attention to the rhythm of the breath, uh, how we 
how we hold the breath, really learning how to relax and be comfortable and make the experience pleasant. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's difficult enough to you know, to say to be still, be to be patient, to be um, peaceful. Uh, so to to consciously pay attention to how to how do I make this something that is 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 pleasant, is comfortable, um, and um, you know, the, how do I relax the body? How do I? bring attention in a way that I'm not tightening up or feeling uh, forced and and uh, and strained uh, in 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 sitting um, so that yeah just befriending the breath and befriending the mind um, you know that inevitably with in our practice or just in our life you know some things are easy some inevitably some things are going to be easy some things will be difficult uh, some things are pleasant some things are unpleasant um, how, can, how can we be um, accepting of that how can we look at that and say well that's that's ordinary um It's like in 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 the Thai language, they you know, the, one of the words for ordinary, tamada. Uh, so tamada is also it's a, like a, its root is is uh, is from the scriptural language, uh, according to Dhamma, it's following the way of Dhamma. Uh, things are as they are. Uh, yeah, some things are inevitably something. Some things will be easy. Some things will be difficult. Some things will be pleasant. Some things will be unpleasant. And yeah, how do we befriend that and not f- fight with it or be in opposition to it or be confused by it just because something is difficult? Uh, it doesn't need to be confusing or, or, or problematic. It's just what it is. Or some some things sometimes things are really something's really easy and then we think, Oh, I don't this shouldn't be too easy. Uh, there's this feeling of dread coming over it. Well oh, things it's it's, it's, it's it's I'm gonna have to pay for this. <laughs> so it's there's you know, our minds make problems out of uh, anything. Uh, so that just learning how to befriend the conditions that we find ourselves in, um, you know, befriending the mind is also just learning, uh, paying attention to cause and effect. Uh, that's everything arises. It arises according to a cause and condition. It's not. Uh, and it's important to say cause and condition because in when we think of cause and effect, it's like a like a linear thing. 
there's this and then there's that. But that's not how things work in Dhamma. Um, there's lots of things and there's lots of possibilities, and but things follow the the input or the the the, the base of of the particular causes and conditions that are present and it'll ma- manifest in certain ways one works with the causes and conditions in a in a, a clear way and it will it can things can manifest in a, in a different way uh, that's just the nature of 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 this existence and whether it's human existence or physical existence anywhere um, that's everything arises according to its causes and conditions and they cease they cease following those causes and conditions and it's what we need to do is be willing to learn from that and sort of looking on so rather than looking at things from a way of how do I control it so I can get what I want, which is painful? Um, how do I learn from this? How do I understand this? And that—that uh, that is uh, uh, more the the approach that the Buddha gave, because um, the uh, the the way of practice that the Buddha gave for our way of training um, it's a, the word for training or practice in in the scriptural language is just as easily translated as learning or education it's a uh, it's a way of educating ourselves to the the way things are and learning how to live within that and that's why the sense of befriending the breath befriending befriending the body befriending the mind uh, befriending the conditions that we are existing in uh, allows us to live to live comfortably uh, and that that sense of having a certain kindness and and uh, well-wishing uh, towards ourselves, towards the world around us. Um, and just that attitude of metta is uh, uh, that sense of, of kindness and well-wishing um, is really, it's really important. And just the... Uh, is is in uh, Ajahn Mun's biography. Um, it's uh, it's written that he uh, his in his daily practice he would he would uh, do a, a, a metta meditation, a, a, a loving kindness meditation, uh, direct his attention. Three times a day, morning, midday, um, midday-ish, uh, and and in the evening again, and uh, and you look at the 
pictures of of Ajahn Man, and there's only a few pictures, and but they're all you think, God, this guy is so hardcore, austere, <laughs> and uh, but they, uh, and of course the the the, the accounts of his uh, disciples are are, uh, I mean, yet you you. Uh, um, you know, you can't. And of course, he had a huge following. Uh, who were very devoted to him. Really gave themselves to practice. Uh, and uh, that doesn't happen without a sense of kindness and and, uh, and a certain warmth. Um, so that uh, you can't. So yeah, approaching. Practice approaching training, approach, uh, uh, approaching this human condition, just learning how to approach it with kindness and befriending the the breath and uh, befriending the conditions that we're in, uh, so that there is a, a sense of a fundamental sense of well-being and and ease. Um, It's important because we, we we need to get the right perspective or the the, the right uh, how are we holding things? Um, and it's like with the you know here we are in samsara. Samsara is sort of seen as the the world of birth and death, the world of of difficulty and suffering. Um, um, and but but what what samsara literally means is wandering on, and that's what our say say the untrained, um, unwise mind does is wander on to the next thing, looking for some kind of distraction, looking for some kind of. Um, Relief, looking for some kind of uh, who to who to blame, who to who to praise, who to praise, who to what to what what to be a fearful of, and it just is wandering on to the next thing all the time. So learning how to be present, it's learning how to be with what we're experiencing, and learning how to train. This heart, this mind, and you think, and you know, is it difficult? Of course, it's difficult, but it's not—it's not impossible. That's what the Buddha, but the Buddha is saying, you know, if this was not possible, I wouldn't—I wouldn't teach it. But it is possible. Therefore, I teach this path. Uh, you, know, you kind of think of. of Know, what what we do and uh, you know we could train in all sorts of different ways uh, or I mean even you know people get little puppies and train them how to be like to be house trained and how to do different things I mean if you can teach a little puppy something why can't we teach ourselves <laughs> why can't we <laughs> why can't we give that attention to training ourselves 
so it uh, is that sense of learning how to to not just follow that impulse to be wandering on, wandering on to to the you know whatever mood is 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 grabbing attention in the in in the moment uh, and you know coming back to to being present being being with the knowing and this is the, uh, the say the the legacy that we have as human beings is that we have this ability to just to be aware to be alert to be present that's the fundamental nature of of our of our minds um, through sort of like a birthright and just learning how to be present. It's like one, one time um, somebody came to Ajahn Chah, it was like a, uh, say a well-educated, you know, reasonably well-off person, um, and, and asked Ajahn Chah, um, you know, what is, the, what is this middle way? What is the middle way? And you know, it's wanting a, and you know, probably a somewhat either philosophical or academic um, answer. And and of course, Ajahn Chah is, was very good at deflecting that kind of energy. And uh, and he said, "Well, there's there are these. Uh, we have our." likes and we have our dislikes and there is the knowing of all that that the knowing is the middle way and so it's really it's really important it's because the and of course there there is you know what the buddha taught in terms of middle way of practice uh, eightfold path uh, middle way of of Say of teaching and and view middle way of view uh, that is 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 really important. But it's also what's the essence of that? Because um, it's just answering something, um, getting the say the correct academic answer doesn't necessarily give us the tools to 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 free the heart from suffering because that's the purpose. Uh, when the Buddha taught the middle way, which is from his very first discourse, uh, teaching the five uh, ascetics, uh, four noble truths, eightfold path, this middle way um, is the way of freedom from freedom from suffering, freedom from discontent, dissatisfaction, which plagues this human condition. And so too, uh, there is a way out. And learning how to, um, you know, to train ourselves within that, within that middle way, uh, so, uh, 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 and Eightfold Path is a sense of the training of, of our 
body and speech so that there's a foundation of virtue and integrity that is is impeccable in the training of the uh, of the mind uh, in terms of uh, right effort uh, of right mindfulness uh, right uh, development of the mind of uh, so that it's settled and composed and a a a uh, uh, a training in wisdom in discernment seeing things clearly understanding things clearly uh, with the with the mind that right view right understanding right right thought right intention learning how to intend the mind inclining the mind to what is going to free it rather than entangle it and it's just these so this this middle way uh, is you know on a certain level quite you know reasonably straightforward but of course it's it requires a uh, a real commitment to to being willing to train ourselves and 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 in particular that uh, in in terms of the meditation you know, what do we there is that development of you know, befriending the breath befriending the the mind so that there is a a calmness and clarity but then where do we direct our attention and this is where the Buddha said, what we need to direct our attention to is just to the, the very nature of con- all conditions, whether they're you know, external or internal, far or near, um, physical or mental, emotional, um, and, and pay attention to what, what, what is there. What's their nature? Uh, and and that nature, the Buddha points out, is it's always anicca dukkanata, impermanent, unsatisfactory, not self. And and you know it's something that we can. You know, it doesn't take long to learn three words, but it's that returning to that over and over again and being willing to acknowledge and recognize um, this is the nature of things. This is the nature of impermanence, of change, of uncertainty, of things being unsure. Uh, and that's its, its very nature. And, and when, uh, of all things, and, and being able to... to Reflect on that when when things are changing, when things are impermanent. You know, how does that affect us? Uh, um, you know what? You know because what's that? What's that? What's that mean for all of our plans? <laughs> so they, uh, which doesn't mean you don't plan for anything or you don't have a. Yeah, but it's it's you know how do we hold it so that we don't create problems out of it? Acknowledging the the changing nature of things, 
How do we recognize the changing nature of our, just this physical body? Um, the, the nature of, of aging, sickness, of death. These are parts of the human condition that one cannot ignore. Uh, oh, you can, but you, 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 it'll back, come back and bite you. Uh, and uh, but you can, you can know that. Uh, and the more clear that we uh, we know that, reflect on it, um, the nature of 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 the the, the mind itself. It's, it, it's just impermanent. It's changing. It's it's uncertain. It's unsure. Does that mean we don't train? Of course not. One trains to create a sense of continuity of awareness and clarity and and stillness, so that we can understand. Uh, so that we can, because uh, it's all in the end. It's all about relinquishing, about letting go. Letting go of that desire to control, letting go of the the tendency to uh, live in hope or fear of what what it might be or might not be, and so that 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 sense of of uh, accepting and and yeah deeply recognizing the truth of impermanence and recognizing the truth of. Uh, of of dukkha of of unsatisfactoriness uh, sense of there is this fundamental discontent dissatisfaction uh, suffering stress uh, whether it's a little or a lot and uh, it still it still has that that same has that same flavor has that same same odor to it. Uh, it's it's un, you know, unwanted, unpleasant. Uh, so that, uh, what's the causes? What's the and this is where the Buddha points to. It's just this fundamental desires, cr- craving, thirst for more, uh, and and the desire that that is pointed to by the Buddha as the cause of suffering is, is, is specific. I mean, it's, it's tanha, and, and it's that um, craving that is always associated with kind of obstacles of the mind, defilements of the mind, greed, hatred, delusion, those fundamental roots uh, of of uh, that. there's a kind of a stain to it and and then the buddha also talks about the importance of skillful desire which is a different word uh, in the scriptural language it's important to recognize that because there's there's you know a tendency to think oh the buddha says we can't have any desires so if I don't do anything, then I'll be liberated. Well, that's not how it works. Uh, we have to know how to direct our desire, our motivation, 
to that which is really skillful, which is wholesome, uh, beneficial, uh, leading to well-being and and happiness and peace. Uh, it's things arise because of causes and conditions, and this past is. Uh, it is a conditioned past. Um, of course, the goal is the unconditioned, that which is completely free, unentangled, uh, unshakable. But we have to, we have to learn how to get there. And so, this, 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 the knowing of our likes and dislikes is the middle way, and that. The knowing of our experience, the knowing of the movements of mind, that just that fundamental knowing uh, is the place of stillness. Uh, so learning how to recognize that, learning how to to take it as refuge, uh, a sense of not self. And again, this isn't a negation of existence. Uh, it's a, a fundamental understanding that we have the habit of assuming uh, a self, a me, that this is me, this is mine, this is what I am, uh, in all the aspects of our, uh, say, body-mind experience, um, form, the physical body or form, or any kind of form, feeling, perception, mental formations, consciousness. There's an image that the Buddha gives, and he says it's like a like a dog that is tied to a post or a stake, and it... Uh, and and it goes around, circles around, doesn't stray away from that post or that stake in the same way that the ordinary, unenlightened human being um, doesn't wander, doesn't stray, uh, doesn't go away from taking form, feeling, perception, mental formations, consciousness as this is self, this is me, this is who I am, and that creation of, of a self out of an assumption. So that, that too, the recognizing that, that uh, yeah, there's, a, there's a limitation, there's a, there's a problem within that. And we can relinquish that. We could, when it's seen clearly, as a, this is going to increase suffering, that's going to increase uh, complication and difficulty, uh, why would we not let it go? Why would we hold on to it? Uh, one of the images that Ajahn Chah used to use um, that always stuck with me and I think it's one of the is a 
to me it's a very beautiful image um but is it of seeing the the shore of a a great lake or the sea uh, and then the waves that come in understand the waves that come in they the waves can be big or they can be small the there can just be tiny little waves, but they reach the shore and they go back and this sort of thing. And it's, it's like that is the nature, the, all the different waves in the water um, is the, the uh, um, that, all that which is impermanent, unsatisfactory, not self. The shore is what receives it all uh, and is not shaken, not moved, not prone to instability. It is unshaken, uh, and that is the that is the knowing. That's that understanding of 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 that which is impermanent, unsatisfactory, and not self. So it's that seeing clearly. The refuge is in the knowing, and when you think of Refuge in as Buddha Dhamma Sangha, the, the the aspect of the Buddha being the one who knows, the one who's awakened. Um, that's this quality of knowing. Refuge in Dhamma says that 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 the the tr- refuge in truth, that which is in accord in accordance with nature, which is in accordance with truth. And Sangha as those who practice well, practice directly. It's practicing directly to see clearly, to be with be with the knowing, being the knowing. So that that uh, uh, as we develop our practice, develop our meditation develop our training just really keep coming back and clarifying the the fundamentals of where where our growth and development really is and, and so that uh, having these perspectives and and attitudes I think are really helpful so I'll offer that for reflection this evening